0: Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's Where's the Lemonade? lemonade. Where we talk about what happens when
1: life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, Maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In today's episode, we're going to talk about
1: anxiety and depression. Tough subject. Sure is.
0: So in the episode today, we're going to talk about um, depression and anxiety, something that both Paige and I have experienced with.
1: Yes, I suffer from it more chronically or clinically, I guess, is the proper term, right? Um, And you have had situational depression just once, right? You said one one episode. And
0: and my mom, uh, I talked to my mom about this, and she talked openly with me about postpartum depression that she had after my last sister was born. And she gave me a lot of really good insight into what my dad did to help her, and then what she did for herself to overcome that. And uh, it's interesting to hear what happened during that time and the attitudes towards depression in the 70s compared to today.
1: Right. (laughs)
0: So let's first talk about the stigma of depression and anxiety and how it's changed over the years. In the 1970s, when my mom had postpartum depression, it was pretty shameful for a lot of people. No one even knew what to do about it.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine how hard that must be because today, you know, I mean, it's something that we talk about freely. Um, We're told not to be embarrassed or ashamed by it, you know, so... That must have been really hard back then.
0: You know, talking to my mom, she she gave me some insight in what it was really like back then. And she didn't even know what to do. No one knew what to do for her. And uh, she said one day after church, uh, she, my mom and dad and us, all six kids, came home. And then she hopped in the car and left And for several hours. She drove out to this old ghost town where we grew up in Merced, California, called Hornitos. And she parked under an oak tree, and she had scriptures in hand, and she spent several hours asking for help um, by praying and finding out, what do I need to do? And every time she opened her scriptures, she saw something new that she needed to do, and that was the help that she got. Because back then, they really didn't know what to do with that. But she gave us some really interesting insights, which we'll talk about, and some things we've learned ourselves throughout on how to help yourself. Now, my mom was suffering from what is called situational uh, depression.
1: Right, and you suffered from that as well.
0: I did. I did for a period of time in my life, almost 10 years ago. Um, It was right at the beginning of the Great Recession in 2008. Uh, eight in two thousand nine, I just laid off three hundred and fifty people, shut down a whole division of a company, and um, including myself, and that was really tough. And that was the start. And then about the same time, or very close to the same time, is when uh, my marriage, my first marriage, uh, was started to fall apart, and my wife at the time asked me for a divorce. So all those things, moving um, out of uh, a place that we loved. Uh, was also contributing to that. So there was a lot of factors involved in that. That situational depression is something that uh, was tough for me to get through, but I was able to get through it.
1: So right, because situational depression means it's a specific situation that has put you in this place. Right, or set of situations that has put you in this dark place. And you can over time over a short period of time usually you can get out of it that's kind of situation right, with help. you
0: still need right. help. Some oh yeah people say no I'll just buck up and do it but right. what I found I tried to do that and I couldn't do it right I just I wasn't able to do it myself so I asked for help talked to counselors I even got on some medicine for a period of time as well yeah which helped dramatically but the biggest help for me were my parents oh. uh, during that time that's great right um, my uh, my mom and dad both especially my mom, since she saw exactly what was going on. She recognized it. She told me some things I needed to do, and uh, I always obey my mom or tried to.
1: Good boy. Good boy. Now,
0: you have a different kind of depression. Yours is clinical depression.
1: Yes. Now, I actually think mine started as situational because I don't. I didn't have really any depression until after the birth of my third child. Um, I never even had PMS. You know, I always thought that was kind of just a woman's excuse to be mean for a few days because I never <laughs> had PMS. And then after I had um, Jake, I did. I started suffering with, uh, you know, I would have a situation that would really cause me to be depressed and um, hard to get out of. And it just kind of, I, so I, I think it started as situational and then. Um, it it turned into clinical.
0: Well, I think it turned into clinical because you you weren't getting the help that you really needed.
1: No, I didn't. No, and that's
0: what it talks about. We did some research in this, and we have some links on our blog that talk about uh, the different things. We put on a couple links there if if it, you wanted to know more about this. So the clinical depression is something that they don't know exactly what causes it, but they know it has something to do with neurotransmitters in your brain. So. Situational depression can lead to it if it's not treated.
1: Right. And, yeah, you know, I I got on medication uh, in one of my first bouts of really bad depression. And I was kind of disappointed because people were saying, oh, is the medication helping? And I go, well, my life hasn't gotten better. (laughs) It hasn't changed the situation. But... It did help me deal with the situation better.
0: But, and it took time. I remember when I first went on the medicine, I thought, all right, I took a pill, I should be feeling better. Not the case.
1: Right. It has to be in your system. And, but yeah, so it's not gonna, it's not the magical pill that's going to change because it's, your life is still your life and you're still gonna have these hard things you're going through. But for me, it took the edge off and it helped me um, get out of bed, right? Because that's what we're looking for, to get out of bed and be productive. That's really what we need to do every day. All
0: right, so now let's talk about what you can do as a spouse of someone that's going through anxiety or depression. Because a lot of times, I know I felt when you've gone through some bouts uh, since we've been married, I feel kind of helpless.
1: Right. Because even though I have clinical depression, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be surprised to hear that I have depression. Um, Because I, you know, I'm outgoing and I like to have fun. Um, That doesn't mean you can't have depression. And so. No, it was
0: something we actually talked about when we were dating.
1: uh, Yes. Depression.
0: I talked to you about my situation, what I'd gone through. And you talked to me about yours, and yours was clinical, mine was not. Right. Um, and so I knew this coming in that, hey, there's some things um, that we have to deal with as a couple together. Right. Um, so we got some advice from the counselors, but most of it we've had to learn over the last eight years.
1: We have, and you, you've done a great job. And I think part of being depressed is the person that is depressed feels really guilty a lot of the time because they know that they're not doing what they need to be doing to, you know, help your family or right? you're, you're, you're unable to or function. Or your
0: relationship right? whatever it is. You know,
1: you're failing, you know it. And that makes you more depressed.
0: Yeah. It's this downward spiral. Yeah.
1: And sometimes I'm just unable to do what I know I need to do. So for instance, we can get very specific here. I've actually been struggling with kind of about... Because it's up and down. For me, it's up and down, up and down. I might go for several months and be totally fine. And then, you know, I'll have an ep- an episode is what we will call it. But Well, and there's things
0: that can trigger that. Uh, we found yes. that with you, the, the the time of year has a big...
1: Time of year, time I mean, of year. Into
0: February, into uh, April, typically, beginning of April. Right. Typically... I don't know if it's because it's rainy here in you know Sacramento right. at that time. Right. Little gloomy. Gloomy, but you typically have an issue during that time where it's really tough, where yep. things are are hard for you. So um, before we go there, though, I want to. I asked my dad, Dad, what did you do to help Mom get through her depression? And my dad, you know, he's just turned eighty, as you heard in our la- a couple episodes ago. He goes, I don't know, I can't remember. And my mom remembers, though. So my mom said something, and then my dad piped in. And the one thing that he told me more than anything was he listened to my mom.
1: Mm, Big one.
0: He was there to hear her. Right. And to be there for her. It was just to take care of things that need to be taken care of without any guilt or judgment. That was the one thing that he did for me. And that's
1: really hard because, like you... My dear husband, you want to fix it.
0: Oh, of course I do. I'm an engineer. Y-
1: yeah, you want to fix it. You're like, "What's wrong?" What and you'll ask me. So, I I mentioned a few minutes ago we're going to get specific. I have been going through about in this last probably week and a half ish, right, yeah. 2 weeks. Yeah. I've been I've been really struggling. And you always come to me and say, "What can I do? What can I do to make things better? What can I do?"
0: That's the wrong thing to say.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's sweet. I mean, I appreciate it, but my answer is always I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you can do. Or I say nothing. I don't know. And then that makes me feel even worse.
0: Exactly. So what you have to do and what I've learned is do the things that they will appreciate that they don't, that they won't feel guilty about, that you don't feel guilty about. Right. Whether it's me cooking dinner every night, no big deal. Right. Whether it's helping with um, things that you normally do that I normally don't and doing it quietly without making a big deal about it. It's perfectly fine.
1: Right. Well, and like the other night, and I mean, you never know really what is going to help him, what isn't. That's, it's not the same each time. No, so the not. other, the other night I was making dinner. We, we had both kind of made dinner together, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And um, we needed to shred up the pork. We had a pork in the pork roast in the crock pot. And you were trying to be super helpful, right? Because... Here I was having such a hard day, and you came over and said, "Oh, I'll shred up the pork," and I said, "No, let me do it."
0: And I didn't catch on that she really needed to do that.
1: Yeah, I needed to, and you were like, "No, no, no, I got this," because you were trying to be helpful. And then I was just like, "Oh man, that would have been something I could do," which is so silly because it's so small. But when you're so depressed and having such a hard time, these little tiny victories for yourself are like, oh, "Okay, I just did something."
0: So that that brings up another point, which is you need to read the environment. When your spouse is going through about a depression or a clinical you need to read the environment and give them opportunities for small victories because those small victories help help them feel good about themselves even if it is just shredding pork right no big deal right
1: right now it's also good for a spouse to know when to say enough is enough get out of bed right
0: yeah and this one's a tough one it is You don't want to, but there reaches a point in time, and this is where you really have to pay attention to your spouse. And going back to our last podcast about transparency and that open communication, if you are used to talking about things all the time, then you'll know the right time to say, you're getting out of bed and you're going on a walk with me. Right. Um, It doesn't do you any good if you say, get out of bed and go on a walk. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But if you put where you are interacting with them, you're helping them get out of bed. I think that's a. I think that's an important aspect. Right. Or not? You don't
1: even have to say "get out of bed and go on a walk with me." You can say, "I would really appreciate it if you went on a walk with me." You know what I mean? Just it it can even be like that. You have
0: to do it with kindness.
1: Right. Right. So because you have to remember, we're already feeling so guilty for being so unproductive. Um, so, yeah. So, now,
0: one of those things that we did just this last week was um, for your birthday last year, I got you
1: concert tickets to Pink. Yes. We've been anxiously awaiting it for nine months.
0: And then, <laughs> but I could tell on Wednesday, you did not really want to go.
1: I didn't. I, I just didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I, I didn't want to go.
0: So, I mean, you went anyway. I asked you. We, we went, and and I saw something amazing happen.
1: Yes, do during, tell.
0: During the concert, with Pink flying all around the auditorium, so you rock Pink, that was pretty incredible. I saw Paige's face and her demeanor and her countenance change. That depression that she's been fighting with the last couple weeks or so, or this down mood that she's been having as part of her depression, disappeared.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Music can help so much it, it really can
0: it just has to be really loud music <laughs> really
1: really loud sing at the top of your lung kind of music that helps me it does
0: i i know it does music so important part of our lives
1: yep it is
0: that um i i think it's it's really good that uh that we had that thing i noticed after the concert you had a little um, Pip in your step it was yep and we got in the
1: car and i played more music oh yeah it
0: was it was great so thank you pink yes you're you're the cure for anyone out there
1: but i mean and and i think what kind of uh started off this last episode was you know you've been having a lot of stress at your work
0: yeah and i'm in the I, i just actually changed jobs at work
1: yes and i think and i that was right after the pink concert that that all kind of got finalized and so I think that that helped me a little bit um, shift my mood as well. But you did great. Well, Thank thanks, you Arnie. for being so patient. Well, I think it is
0: good to celebrate the victories yep. together. Together. Right? Um, whether it's you got a promotion at work or you changed jobs or maybe you just got a, a major kudos from your boss at work. It's great to share those with your spouse because it, 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 you're a team. Yep. It definitely. made you feel successful too.
1: It did. It did.
0: All right, your spouse can't fix you. We know this. Yep. No matter how hard I try.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say that's what I was thinking when you said that I went, this is not for lack of trying, trust no, me. No, not at
0: all. And He's a
1: fix-it man.
0: I am a fix-it man. I like fixing problems. So but again, I go back to my mom when we talked about this. Um, my mom found out ways to fix her herself through this, and she had to do it somewhat alone. It was pretty hard. Back then, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't right. uh, all the studies that are available today. There, you know, If you go on the internet today, there's lots of...
1: Yeah, you can't Google there. things I can do to help my depression, right? I mean, no. she couldn't do that in the And 70s. She couldn't even go to
0: the library right. either. Right, yeah. Um, so some of the things that she came up with that she talked about are, are very valid that we see today. One was a gratitude journal. Uh, one was uh, forgiving herself and others, um, exercise, eating well, um, and serving others. Those were the things that she mentioned. And surprisingly enough, those are some of the techniques that you use, that you've learned over the years that are working too.
1: Yep. And light, I don't know if you mentioned light just now. Did you mention light? No, I didn't. Oh, light, yeah. light, and that's important for me, too. If I can get outside when it's sunny and feel the wind on my face, it's, it's so helpful. We, we always say we could never live in Seattle or someplace like that because I just, I need the sunshine. Um, I need the air on my face.
0: You know, my mom's the same way. I remember in the house that she lives in now, she loves to sew, and in her sewing room, she doesn't have windows. So my dad put in, you know, lights that mimic the sun because she needs right. that that sunlight. So light can play an important part in, right. in depression as well.
1: It can. And yes, getting out to walk. Now, that's what I usually do when I'm struggling is I get out and walk. I was having, and it kind of scared me this last bout, the last couple of weeks, I would get up and go, okay, I got to go on a walk. And I literally couldn't even go on a walk. It kind of scared me. In fact, one day you were here. I went out to go on a walk. I walked about 50 yards and I turned around and came back. I don't know why. I wish I knew, but I just couldn't. And I, I, you know, if people haven't gone through depression, they're probably thinking that doesn't even make any sense. And it doesn't. I wish that we had answers, you know, for myself and for others, but I just, I just couldn't. And, but if you can force yourself to get out and do that, um, I think it's important. And like you mentioned earlier, if you can, if your spouse can say, "Hey, let's go on a walk together," super helpful, super important. But yes, get out of your house. So important.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was going through my my bout of depression, I would walk seven or eight miles a day. Um, we, we were uh, living down in Temecula in the wine country. I was living in my parents' house. That's a whole nother episode. Um, and I would just walk the vineyards for hours. Um, right. And that helped me. Right. right. So getting out, getting the exercise, getting in in nature is important.
1: Well, and, and, and getting out. You know, I had a few things scheduled this week, and that was helpful. And now, I was talking to my one friend this week about it, and... She said, oh, so does it always help to, because I had something scheduled to go do um, at the school, and she said, oh, does does that always help? And I said, nope, but I went, because I'm not a flake. If I I commit to do something, I will do it. If I don't, you know I'm really, really, really bad, so that's only happened a handful of times. So I like to commit to things so that I know I'm going to get out, but I did go and do this service at the school, and no, it didn't help me. In fact, I think it actually made it worse, but... You never know, and so I'm not gonna stop scheduling things i it was a really weird you know bout that I had this past couple of weeks, but um
0: mostly caused by anxiety I think for yes uncertainty in my job and things like that
1: but. yeah, I think it was I think it was so no there's you know there's no saying that the same thing's gonna help you every single time, but try and that's the thing is I try really hard and you know that I I try my darndest to not let this um, get a hold of me and not let it affect our family life. And so it is helpful when the kids come home from school and I know I have something to do now. Okay, the kids need me. I need to make dinner. That helps me get out of bed because I have this thing that I have to do. And
0: And you put on your brave face. You play a lot of music.
1: I play music. And we talked earlier about this. It's the little things. If you... Go through a whole day and you stay in bed all day and you're completely unproductive. That's going to make you more depressed. It it does for me. So I try and find just even one little thing. Like the other day, I it was I it was rough. I just couldn't couldn't do anything productive. And I went, I have to do something. So I ironed a bunch of your shirts.
0: I you know I I've I've had a lot of really ironed and pressed shirts this last uh, month. <laughs> But I would not take the depression that you're going through over the iron shirts. I can
1: right, yeah. yes. But that made me feel like okay, I did something, and that's important. A little victory for yourself is super important, super super important. Now,
0: what about um, doctors? And I mean, what role do doctors help play in this?
1: You know, it depends. I you know some of the doctors that I saw years ago, they just go, "Oh, you're depressed," and they have you fill out a little survey. Of, you know, questions. Everyone's taking that survey. Right. right? You take that survey and they put me on medication and that was that. Um, And I've gone on and off medication over the years. Um, Right now I'm just on a very mild anxiety um, medication, but I'm not really on an antidepressant right now.
0: Um, But about a year ago, is that when we did that? Yeah, Yeah, a a little over a year ago. A year ago we found a functional doctor that would look at, your whole body blood work head to toe right everything instead of just saying oh you're depressed here's some medicine and we found out some interesting things well yeah
1: he wanted to know when you went in and said to him you know hey you know my wife struggles from depression he said in fact that's why I went to him if you remember correctly that's why I went to him a year ago is because I was having such a hard time and he was like I want to get to the bottom of this he didn't want to just put me on medication he wanted to get to the bottom of it and so that's the kind of doctor that you need. And I, even though I have been on some supplements that have really helped, because, you know, ho- there was hormones that were out of whack and things like that. That didn't take my depression away completely, but I would say it certainly helped, don't you think?
0: Oh, yeah, dramatically. Yeah. It's It's helped to uh, even things out. And we found out that you were really low in some hormones right. and high in others. and And, you know, there were a lot of things going on, and yep. I think it helped regulate quite a bit of that. So... Don't be afraid to go to a functional doctor. Don't be afraid to pay a little extra in labs and things like that to find out what's really going on. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of doctors really know or research it. They just give you a pill.
1: I totally agree. And that's what had happened for years for me. But he wanted to get to the bottom of it. So that was that was super helpful. Even even telling me the things I should and shouldn't be eating, you know, and that can be Yeah, we
0: found out that you were allergic to some things.
1: Yeah. So that can be helpful as well.
0: Now, the other thing that we have on here is more uh, religious, and that was something that my mom talked about with me about it. She goes, oh, your listeners don't want to hear about this. I said, no, no, they do. And that was reaching out to a higher power, someone that um, you worship, right? Right. Um, God, uh, however you want to call him. It's important that you include prayer in overcoming this because he can really make a big difference.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. To feel like there is someone there for you, no matter what, someone that is listening and not judging. And, you know, that's great to have God there. Or like I said, wh- whoever you might reach out to, we reach out to God. Um, and that is very helpful to have prayer and meaningful prayer um, and knowing that he's there. Yeah. He's there.
0: And sometimes it takes longer um, to get the answers that you want on how to overcome depression. Yeah. Uh, but be patient. That's there. One thing that we also saw was it's important to forgive yourself and others through through depression because a lot of times you're sitting in a lot of guilt.
1: You are, and it just makes it worse. You're just, you're in a cycle. You're in a, you know in a really bad cycle. So yes, forgive yourself. Um,
0: it doesn't now. Forgiveness doesn't just mean I can do whatever I feel like. No. Forgiveness is all about change. Right. Um so being able to shed off all of those feelings that you've been having is extremely important. Now, some of you therapists out there going, these guys are crazy. You should wallow in your in your feelings and understand them. You know, maybe for a short period of time, but when you're wallowing for years and years, it's just going to keep you depressed.
1: It is. Yeah, you got to you got to buck on. up and move on and you know, hopefully there's people around you that can help you do that.
0: So some of you are probably asking, what does this have to do with blended families?
1: Oh, my goodness. So much. Because when you're blending families, there is so much anxiety and...
0: You don't know if you're doing the right thing or not.
1: Yes. And it is... I mean, the first few years especially are just... You are just riddled with doubts. And yeah. So... It can really make you have some major anxiety and you know depression. And...
0: So it's best to recognize those things. And if those things are difficult, then set them aside. You don't have to do everything as a step-parent. Right. I mean, you, you've got to set up your boundaries and get help if you need help. I think that's really important. Well, and I
1: know at one point um, when we were going through really... Uh, difficult times with the blended families. We set us we set aside a certain time of day that we would read emails from our exes or do you know what I mean? We had to set boundaries um, yeah, and decrease
0: that, the amount of time that it was consuming our lives.
1: Yes, yes, because it, it it can be it can be really stressful and dealing with the kids and your new kids and step kids and exes. And so we were like, okay, we're not going to deal with this all day long. We're going to set this aside and we'll deal with this you know at this time each night and i think that helped so you got to come up with some coping strategies to get through this really difficult time
0: great um i would also add to that if you are having a rough time with it draw closer to your spouse not further away this is a big test for you and so you have to be understanding as a spouse of someone that's going through that and also if you are going through the anxiety and depression Reach out to your spouse. They love you. They care about you. They only want the best for you. Yep. So don't forget that.
1: And you can sometimes doubt that when you're going through the splendid family thing. Oh. You have yeah. those doubts of, you know, you're the you're the second marriage and you just you've got all these doubts swimming in your head. So yes, reach out. And I also want to say if someone's going through a really hard time and they don't know who to reach out to, reach out to me. I would love to chat with somebody or email or but yeah, you can Uh, Leave a comment on our blog and I can reach out to you Um, on our Facebook page. You can private message us. Um, But yeah, if you need some help and you don't know who's going to understand, I I would be thrilled for you to reach out to me.
0: Great. Okay, now for the funny moment of the week. This one comes from our youngest son. Uh, We're... We're headed out on a trip, and uh, it's going to be a fun family trip. It includes an airplane flight from San Francisco to Boston. And uh, we were talking to the three amigos. Uh, what's the one thing you're looking most forward to on the trip? And our youngest son, David, comes up and says, I can't wait to sit next to a stranger on the airplane.
1: Yes, that is what he said. Now, the reason he said that is because when we looked to see where our seats were going to be on the airplane, um, because we booked Basic Economy, We didn't even get seats assigned and so we said you know you that we might not be together you might be on a, on a you know on a on a plane sitting next to a stranger and not by your family he was
0: so excited about that
1: isn't that funny (laughs) what a funny kid yeah yeah that's what he said he was most excited about
0: so whoever's in 24 f (laughs) from san francisco to boston (laughs) i hope you had a good time talking to my son that's right he's Um, he's excited he's excited to sit by you
1: If you like today's episode,
0: give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify,
1: Google. And head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at where's the lemonade.org where you can leave questions and comments.
0: And but most of all, go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. On our next
1: episode. We're going to be talking about our road trip and we're going to have the three amigos join us in the microphones. They're excited about that.